The basis for our sermon today comes from Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. We read, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. The word of our Lord. We live in a comparison culture. I don't think you really need me to prove that to you. You've lived it. Uh, Most of you here today, I I think you've been in high school. And as far as I can remember, that's, that's basically what high school was mostly about. It was all about comparing yourself to others. And at my high school, I think this comparison game kind of accidentally got encouraged. Because every year we had yearbooks and there was always a couple pages in those yearbooks that had senior superlatives. By the end of our four years there, we all wanted to know who's the funniest, who's the most athletic, who's the most popular, who's got the best grades. And this comparison culture, it, it didn't stop in high school. It's, it's still going on, right? At work, at home. In work, it kind of just becomes, well, who's got the best numbers? Who's got the best sales? Who's making the most money? Who's the boss's favorite? And at home, in your, your never-ending competition with friends and neighbors, you're, you're always wondering, who's got the best decorated, tidiest house? Who's got the, the best taken care of lawn? Whose family is the most photogenic? And whose kids behave best in public? We live in a comparison culture. And so we play the comparison game. And the comparison game, it's all over the place, especially now with, with social media being a thing. You can't avoid it. Even if you don't want to play the comparison game, you kind of end up playing it. If you ever go on social media, you're going you're gonna to see pictures of people having awesome vacations, going on some adventures. Why can't I get time to go do stuff like that? You you see pictures of people hanging out with their friends. Man, they got a lot of friends, more than I have. Why wasn't I invited? You'll see pictures of cute babies and cute puppies that have gone through 20 Instagram filters until they get the perfect one to look just perfect. And you wonder, why isn't my family as photogenic? Why is my baby so crazy in public? And you see pictures of people's beautifully renovated homes, wonderfully landscaped lawns. Why can't I be handy like that? I've said it before, social media, it's not 
wrong to use by any means. But if you use it, just be prepared to enter the comparison game, even if you don't really want to, it's going to happen. Because I think social media has, has risen our comparison culture to a, a level the world has never seen. People have always been comparing themselves to each other, but now with the social media, it's just out there in front of you all the time. You can't help seeing it. Brings the comparison culture to a whole nother level. And today, we're just going to be looking at one aspect of that comparison game, comparing talents. Comparing talents are our skills and abilities. It's a dangerous part of the comparison game because likely we're going to find ourselves falling into one of two ditches when we play this game. On one side of the road, there's the ditch of pride. And on the other side of the road, the ditch of feeling inadequate. It can be tough to, to walk on the narrow middle road here. It can be tough to, to feel like Goldilocks in the home of the three bears and always thinking, ah, my talents are just right. Don't need anything else. This first ditch we might fall into, the one called pride. And you kind of see this coming out um, in Romans chapter 12. The Apostle Paul says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. But when our, our talents do achieve recognition for us, we feel like well, we should be allowed to boast at least a little bit. We want to do what this verb, think highly of yourself, actually means to, to hype ourselves up. We're okay with, with being our own hype man if we have to, because if we're good at something, kind of want other people to know about it. I mean, you're the smartest in your class, and you know it. You're the most productive member in your department at work, and you know it. You're a type A leader. You're the alpha dog. Your mind operates on a level way higher than anyone else's. Why not hype yourself up a bit? You deserve it. It could be pretty easy to fall into that ditch of pride when we play the comparison game, but I, I think it's even easier to fall off on the other side of the road in the ditch of feeling inadequate. Maybe you didn't get the senior superlatives you thought you would. They got taken by someone else. And let's face it, there probably was someone smarter than you, someone more athletic than you, someone funnier than you who got a laugh no matter what they did. And we start to wonder... If our talents, they just make us not very desirable, not very valuable. We, we feel like we're, we're falling into this, this ditch of jealousy and inadequacy. It's the same thing that happens at work too, right? There's always going to be someone who's, who's better at your job than you are, who's, who's got better sales, who makes more money doing the same thing, who's got better people skills. And social media will drive in that dagger of inadequacy in your home life too. When you look at how well put together some people's families are or how beautiful their homes or lawns are, and you compare it to your own, it just seems like your, your home life kind of a hot mess maybe in comparison. You fall in that ditch of jealousy and inadequacy. Former President Teddy Roosevelt once said, comparison is the thief of joy. 
And if we live life imagining that we're on this some kind of scale where some people are above us and others are below us, we will never find joy. It can get to the point where we can't even enjoy a blessing that comes our way because as soon as we get it, we, we start comparing it with other people's blessings to see whose is best. I think Teddy Roosevelt got it right. Comparison is the thief of joy. And when we play this comparison game, there's another detail we probably overlook. The fact that all our talents, they're not even really ours to begin with. They're all given to us as gifts from God. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. And since our talents and abilities come from God, there, there really is no place for a superior attitude or for selfish boasting about what God's given us. There's also really no place for selfish despair, crying out, Woe is me! God hasn't given me any talents. Both those attitudes miss the mark. They miss the mark in assessing the gifts God has given us. Playing this comparison game is dangerous because it can so easily lead to sin. Either selfish pride on the one side or a failure to trust God's gracious gifts on the other side. And God wants us to stop annoyingly comparing ourselves to one another all the time and then feeling proud or inadequate about it. God says, essentially he says, if you want to play the comparison game, then you'd better be prepared to take it all the way. Better be prepared to compare yourself to my law. How do we compare with God's law? In the Bible, God gives us pretty clear standards for where he wants humans to be. And you can see very specifically what God's law is when you read things like the Ten Commandments. But that law also comes out more generally when God says things like, be holy or be perfect as I, the Lord your God, am holy. And we're not prepared to play this comparison game. We will always fall short of measuring up to God's law. No matter how many talents we have, no matter how many good things we do, we can't measure up when we start comparing our thoughts and words and actions with God's holy law. We fall way, way short of where God wants us to be. And God's law shows us how foolish we've been. We're like a bunch of ants in the bottom of a bucket. So busy climbing all over each other, we, we don't even realize we're in a bucket. We're trapped because of our sin. Because we lose that comparison game with God's holy law. We need help. We need to look to a different comparison for the help that we're seeking. Compare God's law with the life of Jesus. Every human being ever has lost in that comparison game with God's law. But not Jesus. Jesus, as the Son of God, measured up in every Way. He was perfect as his heavenly Father is perfect. He obeyed the Ten Commandments of God and every other commandment of God in the Bible. 
And, and you want to talk about talents? Well, look at Jesus. He could calm storms, walk on water, even raise dead people to life. But he never did those things just to show off or earn glory for himself. He did those things for us. So we could see, so we would know that Jesus is the Son of God, that long-awaited Savior from sin. Jesus took on the very nature of a servant, considered himself nothing, was born under the law, in order to keep the law for those of us who can't measure up. You see, your, your every inadequacy is covered by Christ's perfection. That, that is exactly what happened on the cross. Jesus' winning record in the comparison game with God's law became your winning record. His perfect life became yours and the death you should have died for failing to measure up to God's law, that was the death that Jesus died in your place on the cross. That's why it happened. And now, when God compares Jesus' work with your failure to measure up, he only sees Jesus. He only sees perfection when he looks at you. Jesus has completely overturned that comparison game for us. We are, we are all equally sinners. But in Christ, we are all equally saved from sin. And being in Christ means we get to be part of his body. The Apostle Paul said, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. <laughs> this is really just another way of saying the comparison game doesn't really matter anymore. Being in the body of Christ means that we can now view ourselves with sound, sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has given to us. In Christ, we are exactly who we are meant to be. We're all forgiven sinners. We, we all have that in common. And yet we also each have our own unique talents and abilities to put to work in being part of that body of Christ. Being in the body of Christ means we're unified but diverse. And the, the picture of a body, it's a perfect analogy here. Right? The, the whole body works together in unison as a unit in order to achieve something. It shares in everything together. Think about it. The whole body rejoices when the foot kicks in that winning soccer goal. The whole body rejoices when the eyes look out at a beautiful landscape like the, the Grand Canyon. The whole body rejoices together when the mouth gets to taste that hot off the press Krispy Kreme donut. And in the same way, the whole body winces in pain when that big toe gets stubbed or the knee gets scraped. The body's all in it together. One unified body, even though it's got many different members included in it. And this, this is the truth about how we are in Christ's body. That we are unified 
And we have one loving head, Jesus, giving us purpose in all we do to bring, to bring more into the body of Christ. And we build each other up with, with love and good works. We share each other's joys and pains. Being in Christ's body means there's, there's no more room for comparison. Only unity. And yet there's at the same time amazing diversity within this one unified body. All the members of the body do not have the same function. We all have different gifts according to the grace given us. It would be impossible for the body to function if it was made of just ears or just hands. The body needs to have a wide variety of different members with different abilities and different sizes and shapes in order to function. And as we kind of learned in the, the children's sermon up here today, there's really no point comparing eyes and mouth and, and feet and hands. They're, they're all important in their own way. You can't even really compare them and say one's better than the other. So take a look in the mirror and rejoice that you are you. God has given you a special, unique combination of talents and personality traits that he's given to no one else in the world. He's given you opportunities to put those talents to use serving in his body, the church. So also look at some of the, the talents that the Apostle Paul talks about as some examples of, of what talents might be within this body of believers. He lists just a few of them. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Notice how diverse those gifts are. Some of them seem more obvious than others, but in, in the end, they're all important. There are gifts that are used to stand up in front of a whole bunch of people and talk, like prophesying and teaching. There are gifts used to just talk to one person at a time, giving encouragement, showing mercy. There are gifts that don't involve talking to people at all. They're done completely behind the scenes, like serving and giving. It's the same with all the talents that we've been given here in, in this body of believers as well. We all have different, important, unique combinations of of skills and talents to put to work. Some have the gift of preaching and teaching. Some have the gift of music. Some have the gift of organizing. Some have the gift of long-range planning. Some have the gift of encouraging others through tough times. Some have the gift of working with children. Some have the gift of boldly reaching out to others with the gospel. Some have the gift of generosity, giving pretty decent-sized portions of their income to support gospel ministry. I look out today and I see a, a lot of valuable talents here. All important additions to the body of Christ. All with important roles to carry out and carrying out God's mission in this world. All with important roles for carrying out Living Hope's mission here in Chattanooga to, to bring people the hope found in Jesus so they can have hope for every day. We're all individuals, but we're part of something bigger than ourselves when we live as the body of Christ, the church, and now, we're past playing that comparison game. We're all in this together. We celebrate the diversity of talents that God has blessed each of us with uniquely. 
being part, being included in this body of Christ's saving work, it means we avoid those ditches on both sides of the comparison road. Because if Christ is in us, we are in him, then we are exactly who we are meant to be. Amen.